Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. We never say this is right ambition. Should we do that? I'm like, why don't we never like <laughs> No time like the present? And we're back. So I was just telling Mandy, we never say like, hey, you're listening to Brown Ambition. I mean, do you guys care or do you kind of know? <laughs> I feel like if you downloaded the, if you subscribe to the podcast and you have to push play and you see the logo, you might know it's Brown Ambition. <laughs> I know. But for those of you guys who've like stumbled home drunk and just started listening, this is Brown Ambition. <laughs> and I'm Tiffany and Mandy. <laughs> I will be your co-host, Mandy and <laughs> Tiffany. Yes. Um, so, you know what I don't, you know what I want to say off the bat? Because yeah. I was just going through our inbox and we have so many sweet notes from listeners, um, like at least a dozen from the past couple of weeks alone. And I just wanted to say, we really appreciate the emails. It's so nice of you. Um, what we'd appreciate even more is if you could turn those emails, just copy and paste them and put them on iTunes. Ooh, yes. Just a simple, a simple way to do good in your podcasting community because yeah. iTunes reviews are like currency in the podcast world. And that just means that other people like you can find the show and enjoy the show. And we live in a Yelp world and people want to know, you know, what others think of something before they try it out. So sure. it, would, it would definitely help us out if you guys could, you know, kindly um, send all the emails you want. But a nice little iTunes review on top of that would just be so sweet. We'll be your best friend, best friend. That's my best friend. That's my best friend. <laughs> yeah, we'll just pass out free best friend cards. <laughs> exactly. Everybody. Yeah. Um, and yeah, send a screenshot. Maybe we should do another giveaway. That worked out pretty good the first time. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not ready yet, but I do have these Dreamcatcher t-shirts that I'm making, and they're so cute, but they're not quite finished yet, but when they are, we can do that as a giveaway. Oh, who doesn't love a t-shirt? Yeah, so when you leave a review, take a screenshot and go ahead and email it to brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com, and when we come up with a sweet giveaway idea, we will um, we'll have to do some sort of a drawing or something. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. I love giving stuff away. Me too. I love a good giveaway. Oh, Lord. Okay, let's get on with the show. So this is kind of, well, you know, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm like, I may or may not have regifted a really great gift to one of my BFFs. And she was so convinced that I bought it and I didn't tell her I did it. I was like, what should I do? Should I just let her rock out? So it was a, um, it was a, a, a Kindle Fire. I'd won it at FinCon. Remember FinCon last year? Like I got an award or whatever. Uh-huh. And it gave me like this awesome Kindle Fire. and But I already have a Kindle. And I have a laptop. So I was just kind of like, I kept it in the packaging. I didn't even open it because I thought, like, Supergirl has um, an iPad. Superman doesn't care. Like, he's not really tech, Mr. Tech guy. And so everybody who I kind of was thinking about giving it to at, at the time when I first got it, it just didn't make sense. And then her birthday passed not too long ago. And I was like, oh, I should give it to best friend. Because I called her and I said, do you have an iPad or a Kindle? She said, no. But then when I gave it to her, she was so overwhelmed. And I realized quickly, I don't, you know, I didn't think that to say, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm re-gifting. But I'm like, do you tell people when you re-gift? Because now I feel bad. But I'm like, it's still a really good gift. Um, well, does your best friend listen to the show? No, but I'm sure people who know her do. Don't tell her. Well, now she, she knows. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell her. I mean, she's still going to be geeked up. But she was like so like overwhelmed. And I was like, what's the big deal? And I was like, oh, 
Because she knows, like, like, you know, I'm, like, notoriously, like, cheap. So I think she was, like, I was, like, she's so excited. It's just a Kindle for, oh, she thinks I bought this. I mean, it is brand new. (laughs) You know, I don't think you have to tell. I mean, you wouldn't tell her if you had bought it, like, how much it costs. That's true. I don't don't know. I I feel like um, I'm leaning towards no. Okay. So if you guys know BFF, I have two, and you don't know which one it is, so I'm not going to say. But if you see her with a new Kindle Fire, allow her to enjoy and to think that I purchased it. It was not intentional. It was just like, (laughs) (laughs) it was just, I knew that she would enjoy it. And I was like, I should give it to BFF. Yeah, there is that thing, though, of like, um, you know, when you give someone a gift, not that money means that it means more, but it's, you, I mean, as long as the gift is thoughtful, like you thought she'd really enjoy it and clearly she does. It'd be one thing if like you were, you know, it's like, oh, I have this free scarf and your friend lives in Florida and you <laughs> yeah. just like give it to her for birthday, you know? Yeah. No, she's a big reader. That's why I was like, oh, she would love it. Yeah. And you could have easily sold that for, I don't know how much they're worth, like That's 100, true. 150 bucks or something. And you didn't. Okay. No, you're right. I could have. You're right. See, Mandy? I'm just here to affirm every all the choices you make. Oh, <laughs> good or bad. <laughs> so we have to talk about the BET Awards. Ah, oh, yes, we do. But real, I just to be um, completely transparent, I did not watch it because I haven't been in a place in my life where I can watch an entire music awards show in a long time. <gasps> I know, but no, I no. but I watched uh, clips. <laughs> usually and usually I'm the clips the next day girl but best friend was like hey I was on my way to, to go for a walk and I called her and she was like what are you doing I'm like I'm about to start with this walk so I can be snatched for Essence Fest and she was like no come over and watch the BET Awards instead and I was like okay so <laughs> I missed like the first hour um but it was just fun to hang out honestly I'm not an award show person at all but it was actually really good I heard it was good, but I feel like the BET Awards, like, you're not really there to see who wins the awards. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. more of, like, the, the entertainment, the, the host. I saw that Tracy Anderson, uh, or not Tracy Anderson, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Tracy Ellis Ross. And Anthony the Anderson. Again. Oh, were mm-hmm. they hosting together again? Yes. That's why I thought you mixed oh. them up because you blended their names. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> no, I think Tracy Anderson is that, like, workout coach that Madonna and Tracy Ellis Ross also use. Okay. Um, I digress. No, but she was she was great. Well, Tracy Ellis Ross is always great. And Anthony Anderson was funny. But, you know, it just was because BET is not exactly known for keeping it classy. Um, but it was so well done. And the way they honored Prince, this was the best tribute um, I'd seen just period across the board, not just BET, just in general, like giving tribute to an artist because what they did was that um every musical selection there was a a prince tribute like folded in you know for the most part so it wasn't like oh just this one long montage of prince 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 let's go about our business it was like everyone who sang a song gave tribute usually in some way and it was just really nice it was so well done i was like look at BET growing up you know there was a lot of pressure on them though yeah. Especially after what award show was it that happened right after Prince passed and in Madonna bombed. Yes. Oh, Madonna with Stevie. Um and everyone was like BET you better come like put up or shut up. <laughs> yep. And they honestly they put up. It was like I said, like my favorite musical selections, Beyonce killed it with Kendrick Lamar in the beginning. Um, Jennifer Hudson slayed. I mean, I mean her voice is just like, you know, genius anyway, but she just was incredible. Janelle Monet, although vocally I wasn't there with her necessarily, but her energy, like, she, you know, she's got, like, that great dance thing that she does. And so she, that was awesome. Um, Bilal, whew, he was Prince Incarnate. Like, so. Who is that? So Bilal, you know, you must be my soul sister, soul sister. <laughs> hey, sis. You never heard that song? No. <laughs> Well, you still have not heard it because that's not how he sounds. But okay. he, he he came out like um, maybe like I want to say 10, 15 years ago, maybe longer. But when he was part of like the neo soul movement, remember when like D'Angelo and all of them oh, like yeah. came- Erica Badu? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he was part of like the neo soul movement. But he what I love about Bilal is that um, very similar to Prince, he is a classically trained musician. He has perfect pitch. He plays a number of instruments. And he's got that same range as Prince, like that super high falsetto and then that super low, like baritone voice. And he redid, I forget what song, it was a difficult Prince song. And he killed it. I mean, he sounded like Prince. 
even like rolled on the ground like Prince. He he was Prince, and everybody was like, "Yes." Um, okay, I haven't watched that clip. I need to watch the Prince tribute. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, honestly, everything was just really good. I mean, I was like, "Look at Beyonce," because you know Beyonce usually doesn't do the BET Awards. All the headlines I saw today, including the front page of Yahoo, was about Jesse Williams' speech. Woo! Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Mr. Fine himself. No disrespect <laughs> to, his, to his beautiful wife. But his speech. Did you listen? Did you watch it later, the clip? I watched and I, and I well, I read the transcript first. Okay. And then I watched. Um, What'd you think? I thought it was really poetic. Like, that's the yeah. only way. It was almost like spoken word. Mm. And we know Jesse Williams as the beautiful face on Grey's Anatomy. Which, yes, I still watch how many years later? Like 12,000 <laughs> years later? Anyway, um, but he's always been very vocal and outspoken um, during the Black Lives Movement, Move Matter, or sorry, Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you are all mixed up. Too. Let me and he took a sip. <laughs> I've been up since 4 a.m. I don't know what's happening. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's it was, I'm going to let you talk. You finish. <laughs> <laughs> Tell no, him but, about no, Jesse but, but, but honestly, it was very poetic. It was, there were some things that he said that just, especially the last few lines, he said something like, um, that like, you know, uh, that you, you, what did he say? Oh, we may be magic, but that doesn't mean that we're not real. Yes. That we're not yes, human. Yes. That not was real. great. No. Yeah. To that effect. Yeah. And there was no, something that he said, he said, you, you put us on like clothes and then discard us like the rhymes of strange fruit. I mean, I was like the so like I used to do like spoken word, like all that. Yes, yes, yes. Back in college, and I was like, yes, like that old Tiffany when she, from twenty one was like just like snapping my fingers and like just sipping my tea. It was amazing. They had done some. Do you hear that feedback? Feedback? No, I don't hear anything. Sorry. So I heard feedback, but no, they'd done um, like a, kind of like a little clip leading up to Jesse. I did not know that he was an Africana studies professor at one point. It yes. totally makes sense that he was a teacher, an Africana studies professor. He did you see deep. his, yeah, did you see his father in the audience like tearing up? Yeah, I didn't know it was his father. Yeah, it was like his father and his mother. So Jesse is biracial. His mother is white. His father is black. And his father and his mom, they just look so proud. And I thought I saw tears in his father's eyes. Like, look at my boy. I done taught him good, you know? (laughs) Well, we didn't even say he was there accepting an award for Humanitarian of the Year. That's the whole reason he wasn't just like, you know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Up there just, you know, grabbing the mic from somebody. Um, and he also runs, I'm going to, I want to, I want to talk about the group he runs. Oh, it's called the advancement project. We've talked about him a couple times on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. Uh, the advancement project is, I believe mostly about, I don't know. I'm not even going to try and pretend like I know exactly what it's about, (laughs) but there's one, there's one thing he does specifically. There was like a documentary series or something that was all about black men in America. Is that right? Okay. Got something right. (laughs) that like just basically shifting the portrayal of black men and it's i think it's a docuseries but i just they showed like clips of it um on on the bt awards like while they were honoring him yeah yeah but he got a bigger standing ovation than any other artist like like you know who sang or anything else like he really Mm -hmm. moved the crowd he talked about how yesterday or the day or today would be tamir rice's 14th birthday yeah. And that, you know, that sanction that they did a, that paid public servants did a sanctioned drive-by on a 12-year-old playing alone in the park alone. How can you say that we've advanced? I was like, oh my goodness. You don't hear language like that in the news. You don't. You know, accidentally discharged his weapon or, you know, not a sanctioned drive-by, which is essentially what it was. Like, mm-hmm. he's not mincing words at all. Whew. If you haven't listened to it, I it's like mandatory viewing, honestly. And you know it's important when, like, he's making headlines and not Beyonce, not Jennifer Hudson, not the Prince tribute, Jesse Williams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything? Oh, did you, Justin Timberlake got in a little bit of trouble afterward. I oh, saw Justin. that. And, but he didn't say anything wrong, I thought. He just said, I'm inspired. That's what I thought he said. Well, he responded to someone who tweeted at him saying, okay, so does this mean you're going to stop appropriating our culture? Because, you know, people have issues with Justin Timberlake and Robin Thicke yeah. <clears throat> being, like, white dudes singing R&B. I find it really hard to be upset at Justin Timberlake because I've loved him for so long. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry, girl. You're on your own with that one. <laughs> um, I think there's room enough for everybody and Justin Timberlake. Yes. I'm like, I'm actually going to give him a pass. I like Justin. I'm like, I, always, I mean, I grew up in that time where I was like, Justin, 
Yeah, he has like the black card of passes, like the black visa or black, what is it? The black Amex you can use yeah. it unlimited for your lifetime. He yeah. has that. He has that pass card. Anyway, but he responded to them saying, "Oh, sorry." He was like, he, first of all, he said, "Sweetheart," which is my pet peeve. Southerners do that when they're being condescending; they call you mm. sweetheart. He was like, "Sweetheart, I'm just trying to say that I think we're all one human race and something to that effect." You know, he might as well have put hashtag All Lives Matter at the end of it, basically. <laughs> Um, but then he like walked back and apologized. I just feel like this is again a moment where it's like, no when it's your moment to speak. And sometimes just let, just let us have our moment without chiming mm-hmm. in. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Wasn't there, there was a video, this awesome video of a Muslim um, woman speaking on the same panel as Gloria Steinem. Oh, I and I can't remember where it was, but they asked basically like, what can people do? And he said, and she said, and it was just so appropriate because Gloria Simon, Simon was literally, literally passing her the mic to speak. And she said, that's what you can do that allow us to tell our story, pass the mic. Like you cannot um, decide for us or speak for us, allow us to speak for ourselves. And I think sometimes that, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't have a problem with his original tweet, Justin Timberlake, but I get what you mean. Sometimes you're just like, yeah, now it's not just shh. Yeah. <laughs> just, Some yeah. part, you know, you want to talk about allies. The best thing you can do as an ally sometimes is no one to shut yes. it. <laughs> you need to shut it. That's right. Hashtag pass the mic. Like yes. <laughs> Hashtag pass the mic. Yeah. Oof. Um... Is anything, did anything else happen in life? Oh, Game of Thrones. This has absolutely nothing to do with finance. If you guys came for finance topics today, this is not the Yeah, game. it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> game of Thrones was last night. I know you don't watch it, but the finale was epic. If anyone wants to swap notes, feel free to tweet me at Mandy Woodruff or email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. I have a lot of thoughts on the show. This is This show is increasingly becoming like the feminist icon, I feel like. Because, I mean, it's a medieval show, and I can't really think of another period of time when women were more like victimized and objectified. Maybe all the times in history, but anyway, this this period specifically, it's all about like corsets and wenches and rape and like using women as pawns and like just make me an heir, you know that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But this like, and this author, he's what he's like this big, like. Santa Claus looking white dude from like Phoenix, Arizona, and he's made some badass like feminist characters we have. Mm-hmm. And even like even Beyonce. If you don't if you don't if you want a reason to to watch this, Beyonce watches it too. <laughs> I heard. She paid tribute to Khaleesi, the Queen of Dragons. Anyway, like five of the major I would say prominent characters are all women right now. And this is a show that started out like majority male six, That's awesome. six seasons ago. I think that um Superman and I, we were talking about it. I was like, he's like, have, you know, we, me and him are like 80. He's like, have you heard of Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have, sir. I have. He's like, I think I want to get into it. And so, I don't know. I think that we might, you know, because he, we tend to do that, like, wait forever. And then, like, just, like, watch, like, one weekend or, like, a week. And then we'll just sit and watch it together as a family. So, well, obviously, Supergirl can't watch. Um, yeah. But- yeah, it's a little, uh. It's a, it's very vulgar. It's not just the sex and the in the um the language. It's like just the the violence, the sheer violence and the blood and guts. Oh, and the zombies. There's zombies in the dr- yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. Don't get too caught up in the zombie aspect. It can kind of turn you off, but it's inter- It's good. Okay. It's scary but good. The zombies are there. They're like they're called White Walkers. Oh, I think I've heard of them. Don't read the books either. Another, just don't do it. I did it because I'm a masochist, but you don't you don't have to read the books to enjoy the show. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm jealous. You guys get to start from scratch. I know. <laughs> we'll see. How, we'll see how long I last because I usually have like I end up being like I'm bored of this. <laughs> oh, I do kind of have a financial topic. Okay. Um, I sat down with my wedding budget this week and my 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 nice little multi sheet spreadsheet and Google Docs. I don't know what happened, but. My wedding is like twice as expensive as I thought it was going to be. Mm, you know what happened? I know what I don't happened. I know what to do. I'm bad at math. I, no, life happened. <laughs> you turned into <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw. Remember, she was like, I just want a simple wedding. And then all of a sudden, you're going to have a bird in your hair. But this is a simple wedding. Like, I'm literally, I, I have chosen the least expensive option for all the vendors I can think of. And we're not even halfway done. I'm really just estimating. And I'm, 
my original budget, I'll just say, was about fifteen thousand, mm-hmm. and it's looking more like twenty-seven thousand. If my calculations are correct, that cannot happen. Mm. That can't happen, can it? It can't happen. I mean, I don't know because I'm still like Superman. The other day was like, "What's your ring size anyway?" Just out of the blue, and I looked at him like, "Don't play with me." Can he just get it together? I know. <laughs> Stop asking questions. He has all the information he needs. <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm going to take matters into my own hand. And I called best friend, not best, not Kindle best friend, my other best friend. And I said, look, best friend, my ring size is a six. I'm going to give you this uh, place that was highly reviewed on Yelp in um, the Diamond District in New York. And what you're going to do is you're going to call Superman and say, look, cut the shit. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to take him to the place and you're not going to make him feel bad. Like no matter what his budget is. And you're going to find like a nice, and you're not going to let him pick the ring. Like, you know, just, you know, me simple. And he's a little bit busier than I am. You're going to keep it simple because he's already spoken to my father. He's already like, you've done everything. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know what we're waiting on. Like, come on now. So that's what I told her. She said, okay. (laughs) Just waiting for the stars to align. Just do it. (laughs) Like, what are we waiting on? (laughs) We've been waiting weeks. He doesn't know we've been waiting weeks. (laughs) I can't wait to come back on. I'm like, okay, BA podcast folks. So it finally happened. <laughs> well, I cannot wait for you to be in spreadsheet hell. I know that you're going to make everything simple, you say. Oh, yeah. No, I am. I'm going to. We'll I'm going see. to. I'm telling you. I know, right? I'm like, justice of the peace. And he's like, wedding. I'm like, mm, we'll see who wins. You only get one, supposedly. Hopefully. I, know. I was like, who said? <laughs> no, it really does start, make, start me, you know, making you start to think when you're putting this much money into an event. You're like, well, what about people who get divorced? Aren't you so mad? tens of thousands of dollars down the drain can you imagine the people who get divorced and are still paying for their wedding how terrible that must be no i've been i've had money for this saved since before i met well not since before i met him but since before it was probably conventionally you know accepted to be saving for a wedding to a person you're not engaged to yet (laughs) i'm just trying to think long term the money is there it's just like you know we're also trying to save for a house. It's just that um, it's that time in your life where everything just collides. The house, yes. the wedding, everyone else's weddings, might I add. There's so many. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're planning a wedding or you have umpteen weddings to go to this year, I feel your pain. Let's commiserate. <laughs> See, I'm past like that. Well, no, I would say because I'm, I'm in my mid-30s, so a lot of my friends got married in like their early 30s. So I remember it was like back to back to back. So now I'm like, okay, we're starting to get into the dwindling, like not, you know, it's not a whole bunch of weddings that are coming up. It's mostly like kid stuff. Like, oh, my kid's birthday. And I'm like, oh boy. I wonder when the second wedding's wave hits. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming like in your 40s and 50s. <laughs> and I'm and even then I'm assuming that you, you probably don't do a big shindig. You just kind of get married. Yeah, and there's not the whole like registry There was a really sweet, you know, I don't often peruse the wedding section of the New York Times, but someone posted this on Facebook because it's a a really, well, it's a rare black couple, I think, for the New York Times wedding section. But um, this is a couple who are getting married. They're both in their 60s. And their story is really sweet. Not only, but it's not just, these aren't your average people. So the woman, her name is Dr. Helene Gale. She uh, has been like a top executive at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the HIV AIDS epidemic. Like she's cool with Bono. Mm-hmm. Like Bono mentions her in speeches. And then her husband um, used to be a former aide to Senator Edward Kennedy. His name is Stephen Keith. Anyway, so they're like huge in public health. So they are doing amazing things. But their love story is that they met in the 70s when they were both like medical students and they went their entire lives, like 30 years you know, working together, but never really like connecting. And eventually he just like woke up and got his shit together and proposed. Damn. But I mean, in your 60s, I'm not trying to wait that long. Superman, if you do listen, don't do it to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was married twice and she, but she was more of like a feminist, like didn't want to get married. And I really identify with her. Actually, I was, I was like hanging on to her every word in this quote, because I don't know, something about marriage, you know, I'll just go ahead and read it. She, the article says, the question of marriage was one that Dr. Gale had to work out for herself. She said, it's easy to be intellectual about marriage. Is it an equal institution for women as it is for men? Is it going to change my life and my life options? Does it indicate I need someone to complete me as a human being? Um, eventually, she decided to let emotion rule. There is something about the act that a public commitment does make a bond that is different and special and creates a level of intimacy 
not necessarily that you need marriage for, but probably is facilitated by marriage. Mm. And I was like, okay. Because I think it's, it, if we, I, I don't know, I've sort of been overthinking marriage a little bit. Because we're having this, like, I don't know, third or fourth wave feminism movement. And I feel like, no, you don't need to be married technically anymore. And, yeah, you can be financially independent on your own as a woman. But, you know, just sort of, like, personally soul-searching and asking myself, you know, why am I actually getting married? Yeah. And what is it really going to mean? You know? It, it's so funny because you said it because I – this. I was driving because I remember when I first uh, got back because I'd known Superman for a, a while and I dated in between. And I remember like when I restarted dating him again, I wasn't in the best place because I was like, oh, you know, you just been hurt. And you're like, this guy's a jerk. That guy was a jerk. And then Superman kind of came back in my life. And I I wasn't, especially in the beginning, I was like nervous. Like, is this just a safe space to park, you know? Hmm. And then yesterday, like, I had just gone to see my dad, and he was like, you know, Superman, of course, he doesn't call him Superman, but he said, you know, Superman, he spoke to me about you. I was like, Daddy, I know. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, you know, I just wanted to let you know it's coming soon. You know, my dad's all excited and geeked up because he has five daughters. So, you know, he's at a point now where he's like, please, someone, marry them. <laughs> and as I was driving home, I thought to myself, you know, like, I really love Superman. Like, it's not... You know, I'm, it's not a hurt place. You know, it's not a, I'm parking myself here. It's not like, he's a really great guy, you know, just like, I mean, I'm sure you think about this, about, you know, uh, fiance boo, that you're just like, yo, this, he's a really good person. Not just a good man, like to me, just a good person. And I'm just really blessed to just, even if he wasn't my man, he's a good person, yeah. you know? And, and just, it just makes me happy. And I thought to myself, I'm finally in a place too, where honestly, it was nice that my dad you know, was happy about my choice now. Because remember remember when we first started the uh, podcast, <laughs> they were not happy. And I thought to myself, the truth of the matter is, I don't care that I'm finally in a place where I'm like, either way, if they were happy or not happy or whatever, that I'm finally in a place where I'm literally living life on my own terms. And for the most part, you know, within reason, you know, I'm not like, you know, I don't, I'm going to walk the streets naked, but I don't care. Like, I'm making choices based upon what I feel is right for me. I'm not measuring them against what my parents think, what my friends think. I'm finally like feeling fully grown and just making choices just based upon what I feel is right. I think it's all about trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. I think we doubt ourselves so much when we're younger. Um, and you know, you, well, you have the foresight of like seven years on me, but I feel like I'm still in that doughty place, mm. you know, or I, you feel like every decision is so huge and so important. And you just like, am I making the right decision? And what if I'm not? And, um, you know, and that, that trickles into relationships too, but I think it's all about, you know, not to sound all religious, but it's really about faith, you know, whatever yeah. you think of as faith, you just have to step out on it and hope. And I feel the same way about fiance boo. It's like, when you look at someone and you see how they move in the world and yes. you, sometimes I just like step back and I'm like, why are you so good? <laughs> yeah. How did I wind up with you? I'm a mean yeah. person. <laughs> yeah, I think that two people think I'm so nice. I mean, I guess I'm nice, but honestly. I know like, the truth. Yes, right? I'm like, I could be petty as hell. I can be like, just like, I get very, I get stressed out super easily. Like I'm literally like the nicest person until I'm not. And then when I'm not, it's like, who is this monster? And like, <laughs> Superman is like, even when he's not in a good mood, he's still nice. I mean, who feeds the kids in the neighborhood? Like just today, he was like, "Oh man, like we get, like the, our, our watermelon had a freezer burn," and I was like, "Wait, what? what? <laughs> I don't know why." It, Wait, the, what is that sentence you just said? <laughs> our watermelon. He took it out of the refrigerator and it had freezer burn, like because he had it all the way in the back, and he was oh, so okay. Yeah, he had it so he was so disappointed, and I asked why. He was like, "I was gonna cut it up for the kids in the back," and I'm like, "Who are you?" You know, and he's just like such a sweetheart. And like, yeah, it's just, it just made me like, even just to see, like you said, when you watch them navigate in the world. And I think that I'm really, really, you know, blessed and lucky, even if he was just my friend, you know? So yeah. And honestly, Mandy, when you get to, I mean, when I was, cause you're, what are you, 29? Uh, yeah. I'll be 29 in exactly two months. So, so I'm 36 now. And at 29, I mean, so much was shaken up because that was like the time when I lost my job and I lost everything and everything. I was questioning literally everything. But now, and I don't know if there's a magic age. I'm just assuming it's just, there's not an age. It's just the moment where you get to a place and you feel not that everything is perfect because it's not, but I'm finally at a place where I feel like 
I'm not looking for perfect. I just want to do my best and be my best. And like, not in comparison to what people say, but I don't know how I arrived at this point. I'm not going to lie, just living. And, you know, so I, hopefully, you know, everyone kind of gets to that place, but I'm assuming you get to that place. I'm sure there's some 25 year olds who are at that place and there's some 50 year olds who are just getting at that place. But I think as, as life evolves that you'll get to that place where you're not like questioning every move. You just understand that there's a flow to life and that you're on the right path. And even the bad things are good things. That's what I've learned. Like even the stuff that's, that's messed up is supposed to be, and it's supposed to bring me to the next level. So I even welcome my mistakes. I make so many, like even that car crash. Don't you know they offered me another car? I was like, oh, well, that worked out. (laughs) And so like, yeah, so the the flow of life is really just amazing and beautiful. And if you learn to kind of chill out and just rock with it and just, you know, do your best and try to be your best, everything else works out. Lean with the rock. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Oh, that concludes our joint therapy session. Yes, <laughs> clearly we had a lot. <laughs> sorry for the gushing about the booze. I'm sorry. I know, but yeah, somebody's like me too. You know, sometimes it's nice to gush. So, are you gonna boost or are you gonna break I'm... this week? Oh, you broke, you broke up a little bit. Okay, did you hear? You hear me now? Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna boost this week. Okay. I'm feeling in an optimistic mood. It's Monday, and it's gonna be a short week because. This weekend, I'm going on a trip a trip with my friends, my best friends, which may be, I'm realizing, the last time we actually all get... I don't want to jinx it. It may not be the last time, but it kind of feels like it might be the last time we all get together for our annual camping trip. So I'm going to boost one vacation time and time off from work and two time off with friends oh, that's when nice. you still can. Because, you know, you read all these studies about Americans not taking all their um, their PTO, and I just don't understand why. Because I feel like you've earned that time off and you're not impressing anybody by staying and, you know, wasting your days. So take your days off. I max mine out every year. Um, but this trip in particular, these are my my like core group of like ride or die friends. And, you know, we're all going to be in each other's weddings. And we've all sort of we live in different states. I think we were in four, three or four states now. And that's evolved over time. And the reason I feel like it's such an important trip right now for us is because three of us. Wait. Two, two of the couples in this group are getting married in the next year. Okay. One of the couples is probably going to be prego in the next year. And, you know, we're buying houses. And you kind of get the sense that, like, okay, this is the, this is the pivoting point. Like, this okay. is when we transition into, you know, real life. And it's not just about the group of friends. And we're not going to be able to, like, just pick up and go to the Poconos for a week like we're doing right now. So I just really want to cherish this time and – enjoy it with them because who knows what's going to happen next year that's true because once babies come i was just like me and um one of my bs we used to always go like at least away once like for an extended weekend and i was like asking her she's like uh did you forget to have a baby i was like oh yeah my godson (laughs) (laughs) i was like can he come she's like no (laughs) so yeah no definitely that's an awesome brown boost and mine is actually really simple my brown boost is jesse williams that's it i mean there's nothing else to say just more of Jesse Williams, please, with a little uh, grape juice and soda on the side. What is that? Chicken noodle soup? Yes. Chicken, chicken noodle, noodle soup and <laughs> soda on the side. Yes, he is the chicken noodle soup to my soda on the side. And I just want to, just more of him. I, I cannot get enough. So that's my brown boost. <laughs> He's such a pleasant picture to imagine in your head. Yes. I think he uses his beauty for good, to be honest. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, And he's written about... 
and we've talked about the European beauty standards in the black community, and he is light-skinned, biracial, blue eyes. Mm -hmm. And I can identify a lot with that with him because I'm light-skinned, I have green eyes. And you almost, like, you want to be involved in in all the, you know, exciting movements and, like, um, um, black pride that's happening right now. But you also, like, he also acknowledges, like, hey, I have been given this genetic situation and it puts me in a different place than a lot of people in a lot of people's minds and he like acknowledges that and I always respected him for for calling that out and acknowledging that little piece of privilege he has yeah you know being lighter skin with you know lighter complexion and stuff but I think he and to the same end I think he really uses that like people like him they think he's hot and sexy Mm -hmm. which he is and that means they pay attention to him and that can be a negative thing but he's also he's sort of like made it a positive yeah, I but, agree. Like, like you, you think can't help. Go ahead. Like you think I'm beautiful, great, but listen to what I have to say. You may not yep. like it. And so I love because you're right. He gets invited to some of these conser- conservative like uh, panels and like TV shows and news shows that might not otherwise have like a Nate. Who's the guy? Nate, the one who did um, uh, who did the new movie about um, oh my mind is just drawing a blanket everywhere. Um, he has this new movie about the slave res- uh, revolution, like. Oh, Tucker, Tucker. Yes, I know what you're talking yes. about. And so he's very handsome too, but he's like, just like, you know, he looks like typical black man, you know. Nat Turner. Skin. Yes, and Nat Turner. So, the, the movie about Nat Turner. <laughs> yes, so he's very handsome, but like a, a Jesse Williams is the type of, he has a type of looks that like across all races, people can acknowledge like, okay. And as a result, yes, doors definitely open and he uses... You know, and I'm glad that he uses that for good. And it's like, yes, you have me invited here, but I'm about to read you like like no like no other. And just to be clear, so we're not dragged, it is the movie is about Nat Turner the Slave by Nate Parker. Yes. The director. Yes. And he's fine, fine, fine. I haven't just, never even seen a picture of him. I mean Woo child. Mm, make it your make it your business <laughs> to Google. <laughs> I oh, mean wait. I know him. What's he been in? Yeah, he's familiar. been yeah, he's been in movies before, but he's just like, you know, I like, I like, I mean, my preference, like Superman is super chocolate. I love, love, love um, dark skin, high cheekbones. Um, Nate's not really like, he's more chocolate, like, a, you know, like a milk chocolate. But yeah, I love. Mm, I'm hungry. <laughs> did, did we get any letters this week? If you do have letters or you do have a financial question or career question, you know, you can always tweet us at the BA podcast. You can find us on Facebook as uh, Brown Ambition, and you can email us at Brown Ambition. Oh, no. Come on. B- the BA podcast at gmail.com? Nope. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Brown Ambition podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, have we listened? Have we done this question yet from, um, does she want us to use her name? We'll just call her. I really feel bad because the shorthand of her name is Fatty, but. <laughs> can't call her that (laughs) no let's call her let's call her slim slim okay so here's a question and and forgive me if i repeat of repeating myself okay she says hi mandy and tiffany hi hi i am an entrepreneur this is my second year in business and revenue is growing and the next month client work will bring in about twenty three thousand dollars not to mention smaller incoming client work i want to allocate this money in a way that helps me get ahead my concerns are how much to save my save toward living expenses and in my emergency fund and how aggressive I should be toward debt pay down. I have an old personal credit card bill that's high that I've been paying down and not adding expenses to. My instinct is to be aggressive and paying down the credit card, but I want to be sure I have enough money to cover my living expenses if things get lean. I already keep my expenses, my personal expenses low. Any ideas on how I should consider allocating this money or how I can approach debt to pay down no, to pay down my debt and increase my savings. Well, first, congratulations. Two years and, you know, you're making good money a month. That's awesome. Seriously, congrats. This, um, is a, this is a good question. It is. I'll tell you what I do because I'm kind of similar in that I don't have old credit card debt. Like, I'm credit card debt free. The only debt I do have is my um, my student loan debt from my master's. So what I decided is I really live, especially as an entrepreneur, I don't live by amounts. I live by percentages because I never necessarily know what I'm going to make month to month. I mean, I kind of have a general idea, like a range. And so I have allocated 5% of my income toward debt pay down. 
So what that means is I give my debt automatically. I have it. My bank automatically gives a minimum every month. So no matter what, you know, my student loans get their 400 bucks or whatever it is on like the 15th of the month. And then depending on what I make, I give an additional payment at the end of the month of 5% of what I made that, um, of what I made that month just to like, so that's my way of allocating without like overly aggressively just paying down debt. And then I set aside, um, so 20% of my income goes toward, um, investing 10% of that 20 is retirement. And the other 10% is, um, investing for wealth. So that's, I call that my me money. And I take 20% of my income and do that. 30% 30% of my income, I set aside for taxes because, you know, you, you don't have no business if Uncle Sam takes it, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and like I said, 5% for uh, debt, and I like to give 10%. Like, I set aside 10% to donate. And so those percentages come after I set aside my, my uh, like, after my expenses and stuff. So it's not like I'm like, oh, off the top, except for taxes off the top, I, unless, you know, I, I set aside my taxes before basically everything except for business spending. So that's what I would probably do. Just work out some percentages for yourself. I probably would set aside 10%, I mean 5% for debt and then maybe 10% for savings, if not more, and just start chopping up. Like I like to play with my percentages. So I do a percentages for, you know, three or four months. And as I start to make more, I increase those percentages because I don't need as much. I save up really aggressively. I don't, you know, I make really good money a month now with the Budgetista after like five years of toiling away. But I set aside a large chunk um, for myself because by 40, I want to be financially independent. And, you know, so I live simply now so I can achieve that goal. So that's what I would suggest. Set aside 5% on top of your, uh, your, your, your minimum payment. Well, here's my question to you. So if you had a, she doesn't tell us how much is on this credit card, but if you had a credit card with, let's say like $10,000 on it with like a 15%, which seems about average, 15 to 20% interest rate, mm-hmm. do you think you'd still kind of like just let that sit there and only put 5% or do you, for me personally, I get stressed out by having credit card, like mm. debt. And so for me, I was always more on the, and I think it's really a personal thing and it yeah. comes down to your, your, like the way your, your mentality around money. And if having debt is going to weigh on you at night and you can't sleep, which it does to me, I was always leaning toward more of the aggressive with by, you know, saving still, which I think is important to have money on the side so that, you know, if, you know, something happens, you can always lean on that savings. But when you have that crazy high interest rate and, you know, you know, this credit card is, is, has been, you know, on your, on your docket for a while. Um, yeah. I've always been toward more of like the, you know, pay whatever you possibly can that's that, you know, that you have left over toward that to that credit card. Or what you can do, too, is like if you let's just say you have $10,000 and you split it up into four payments of $2,500 a piece. And right. So you can do that over four months and say, OK, I'm going to save. I'm going to do something to that. And I'm going to in four months, since I'm not actually using this credit card in four months, I should be credit card debt free. So you can kind of do that, too. And if you don't want to do the um, monthly percentage, just decide when do I really want to be done with this and and set aside a chunk of money that you're going to send monthly. I probably wouldn't do it all in like one month because you want to, especially as a business owner, you know, you might be doing great now. And then in two months, the thing that you do you know, it's no longer relevant and you don't want to have like, you're just debt free, but you don't have any money to fall back on. Totally. You never know what next month's going to bring. Yeah. And this may be your first month when things are final. It's just like, you know, you're feeling successful and you're making money, but this is all new and it's just the beginning and you don't want to put all your eggs in, in your credit card basket and have no cash left over at the end of it. Yeah. So I think starting from like what you, what, what you said, setting an end date and then working backward how much you need to actually pay on the card to get to that end date is a good idea. All right, Slim. Thanks, Slim. <laughs> Not batty. <laughs> um, if you guys have questions, again, you can email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Dot com. You know I got to do that every time. I do. <laughs> You're waiting for it. I know you will. <laughs>
I'm in, I'm doing audiobooks now that my commute is hellishly long. I'm trying to, the silver lining is that I'm listening to audiobooks now. Um, I, this is a book called Grit. Mm. Have you heard of it? I have. I like it a lot. That's all. <laughs> That's it. I what is it? it what, what is it about? I was just trying to buy myself some time so I could oh. look up the whole title of the book. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's really good as I look up. Grit, the power of passions and the, God, I need to go to sleep. Grit, the power of passion and perseverance. It only has been out since May, but it's by Angela Duckworth, who has been the recipient of a little um, award called the MacArthur Genius Grant. Mm. MacArthur Genius Award, which Ta-Nehisi Coates won, Lin-Manuel Miranda won, like a lot of amazing people. And if you don't know the McCarthy, the MacArthur Award, you don't even get, like, you don't apply for it. You don't ask to be nominated, like, a a super secret board of the most elite people in a dozen different fields gets together and they like pluck you out from obscurity and they say that you get the award. So anyway, that's, that's awesome. So she's super smart, but the book itself is really good. It's what, I like it because it's about, so it's called the grit, the power of passion and perseverance. It, it's not just like a book on how people become successful. It talks about wh- what separates someone who's successful from someone who's not successful. And, Angela has done years and years of research on this, looking at everyone from West West Point cadets to those National Spelling Bee champion kids to college graduates to um, uh, high school students and finds that grit is what sets people apart. It's not just your talent or your potential. It's the ability to withstand anything and keep, mm. and keep going. And it really resonated with me especially well not just from a like a a career kind of aspect which i think is is good too because it just shows you that like you know i don't always personally i you know covering finance and being a financial reporter i never i don't always feel like i'm the smartest person financially or that i know all the answers financially but i've always sort of felt like you know a little scrappy and like i'm going to get the answer and i may not know everything but i'll figure it out and i think mm-hmm. that's what she's sort of talking about um and i and i I don't know. I, I highly recommend it. I think it's a it's a good book and it's a good reminder that you you may not be the smartest or the fastest. Like yeah. I was never the I'm not a, the best athlete, but I've done a half marathon and I've done a triathlon. That's because you know I was always the biggest girl. Oh my god, I'm, I'm the biggest girl in my class, my CrossFit class. I'm the slowest girl in my CrossFit class, <laughs> but I'm the only one who's come to every class. Like people mm. miss that all the time, and like I keep going because I get really I get really stuck on these goals of mine and you, you keep going and it's nice that there's actually a word I can call that now, which is, I like that grit, grit right? It, you know, it reminds me of my dad. Like he was the youngest son of the last wife. My, um, my grandfather had, I think like five wives in Nigeria. You know, that was totally cool back in that, those days. And his mother was the last wife. He was the youngest son, I think son number seven or eight. So like, you know, just to put in perspective, the first son is obviously the most important. He's the heir. The second son is the spare. Everybody else is like extra mouths to feed. So imagine the youngest. So he wasn't really given much uh, attention or just even just his father didn't invest much in him. His mother did. But my dad is a little on the short side. He hates to say that. Like, I'm so glad he does not listen to this. He's a little on the short side and he's smart, like really smart, but Really, when I see from where he came in Nigeria, like literally at 16, he built his own home, for lack of a better word, um, for himself. And like, um, like right outside his father's compound, like, like, you know, like with like, just built his own home. Just imagine what that looks like in Nigeria. And somehow got all the way to America to succeed, not only succeed, but thrive. Master's degrees, undergraduate, just five kids, all college educated. And that's what I really, when I look at him, it's it's that grit that you're talking about. He is one of these tenacious, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. I don't know how, I'm going to keep doing it and I'm going to keep going. And my dad does not let go when he has like something in mind. And so and I actually really want to read that book because I love, like if, if there's anything that I hope that I inherit from him other than his temper, because Lord knows when I get mad, <laughs> that I hope it's that grit of his because he is... I can only imagine if he would have grown up with, um, like, and started a little higher, you know, because, yeah, yeah he's just from hedge far. I mean, he has literally gone to the moon, you know, like, not literally, because that's not what that means. But you know what I mean? <laughs> In comparison to where he's come from, to where he is now, whoa, 
you know, like a hundred paces, you know? So, yeah. So, you know what, in honor of you, um, sharing a book, I think I'm going to do a book too, because I'm actually reading a new book. Um, and it's called what I know for sure by Oprah Winfrey Winfrey. Um, and Oprah, um, has a magazine and this is like her column in her magazine, what I know for sure. So these are like a collection of all of, not all, but like a few years of her column. And it's just literally just that she would just share whatever she was feeling, um, that she knew for sure at that moment in time in her life. And it's just really, it's like typical Oprah, but it's just, I needed some, I don't know, like Oprah provides sometimes that like, um, you could do anything. You know, Oprah's like the ultimate cheerleader. Mm. And so, yeah, it's just a great little, it's an easy little read. It's very uplifting. It's not, I'm not rushing through it. I'm just kind of reading it as I need that feeling of Tiffany, you've got it. You're okay. You know, everything's going to work out. And so it's just a nice book and it just, it's like soothing to the soul. So if you need a little soothing, I would highly recommend What I Know For Sure by Oprah Winfrey. Um, I have it on my Kindle, but they also have obviously like, you know, the regular book version too. Ooh, I want to get the audio book. I, I, I miss Oprah's voice. Yeah. And if, if you go to Amazon, which I love, they actually have like a nice chunky section where she's like, you hear her reading it and you're like, oh, Oprah, yes. Yes, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really like... I haven't watched any of the own shows or any of Oprah's stuff like Super Soul Sunday. I don't I don't have cable, but I haven't I feel like I I've been like Oprah depraved for a long time. Depraved, yeah. deprived. <laughs> We're both like just just words. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking now and uh just call it. This is the end of the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Before it's my marbles. And if you guys have any really great books, please 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 um share. Yeah, let us know what's on your bookshelves or in your mm-hmm. ears. Because I honestly, like, I, I, I love reading. It's just, a, to me, reading and, and nighttime walking are the things that just, like, whew, they're, like, my decompression. It's my thing that I love to do that brings me to, like, center and brings me peace. And so I love a good book, so. I can't even think of a segue. I'm sorry. My brain is so <laughs> I was like, I was like, hello. <laughs> On that note, y'all, we are going to let you go <laughs> And like I said, share your books with us. Uh, tweet us at the BA Podcast. Um, Facebook us at Brown Ambition. Email us at us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Look at God. I re- Thank you for picking up the slack. <laughs> I am on a different planet right now. All right, Mandy. Go get your rest. Night, y'all. All right. Night, night. Bye-bye. Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs>